0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of what is a podcast right up top. I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it clearly as I possibly can. Black lives will matter forever, they will never not matter. And we're still, people are still protesting, things are still happening. The movement is not close to over. And while I do have some optimism... The week at hand has, you know, been troubling, right? I was more optimistic last week, I think, than this week. Um, There's been people are still dying. You know, people still need help. Um, Protests are still happening. Police are still acting up. So if you can help in any way, I'm going to put some resources in the description of this podcast so that you can, if you are able to, help out. In any way, because it's still going on, right? Where it's not over, right? I'm not gonna talk solely about that stuff, right? The Black Lives Matter stuff, but things are still going on. Um, people have been dying, people that we don't know, people that we do know. Um, rest in peace to Toyin Salau. I'm pretty, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Rest in peace to Robert Fuller, um, who died earlier this week. Rest in peace to to everyone because it's it's bad out here um or it is bad in some places and who knows when things will get better i think we're working toward it but it doesn't have to be this way right these people did not have to to lose their lives and unfortunately they did so i'm going to put resources to help families protest causes um Be careful, I guess, um, because what I'm going to put down there is sort of resources broadly, like going to wherever needs help and it's going to be updated. Like the link I'm going to give you is updated like pretty regularly. And recently, like before recording now, the Minnesota Freedom Fund has come under fire on Twitter um, because the Minnesota Freedom Fund and this is where the nucleus of all the events happened, um, the Minnesota Freedom Fund in Minneapolis was getting a lot of donations when things kicked off a few weeks ago, right, after George Floyd. And when that happened, I remember Minnesota Freedom Fund saying, hey, we have enough money, donate to these other people. Like, they were sort of redirecting towards other cases because Minnesota Freedom Fund popped up as the place to donate so that you can help protesters get out of jail, help them with their legal fees, stuff like that. And Minnesota Freedom Fund got $35 million in donations. All right, that's the number that's being reported out there on Twitter. The other number that's being reported is that they've only spent around 200000 of that $35 million, which of course is not a high percentage, which leads to the question, where the fuck is that money, right? What are you doing with the rest of that money if you're not spending it on bail, right? Because technically, right, you just donated the money. You didn't say you had to use it specifically for bail purposes. So they could have take your money and ran with it, right? And Donating money, like if you're going to donate to a lot of causes, you might get got a couple of times, right? That's sort of how this goes, right? If you're going to give out money to multiple people, multiple organizations, someone is probably going to use that money for purposes that you didn't know, right? They're probably going to use it for something else, right? And that's the risk that you take. And most people don't do that. Most people, you know, accept money in good faith. And do what they pledge to do with the money, but some people don't, right? And I, you know, the first time I saw this Minnesota Freedom Fund, I was like, shit. Minnesota Freedom Fund is some scammers, right? And then I started thinking a little bit more. They, to be clear, they could still be scammers. I'm also not an expert. I'm not a business owner. I'm not anything like that, okay? But they said explicitly stop donating to us. We have more than enough money. Donate to these other people, right? Now, they could have said that, right? Because they just literally cannot handle this amount of money, right? They don't have the wherewithal to handle such a large sum of money. They probably never had like $2 million, right? Much less $35 million, right? So, if they like literally have too much money that they know how to spend, right? I can see how they're sort of struggling to spend it. Imagine $200,000 gets like 75% of the bail funded, right? And then the other 25%, maybe it's more complicated, maybe there's some hoops you have to go through and that's gonna take a little bit more to get those the rest of those 25% out, right? That still leaves you with millions of dollars that you have no idea what to do with. I mean, to me, it seems pretty obvious that if you have that much money and you have no use for it and you're like a non-profit or whatever, it seems like you just donate that money again, right? You redirect the money that you've got somewhere else, right? If you don't need all those millions of dollars, you have the ability to donate millions of dollars across the country right and i think if you did that if the minnesota freedom fund did that and they'd have to make it public now because people are on their ass but if they did that then i don't think people would be upset right because they used the money that they needed and then the rest of the money people can rest easy knowing that the rest of the money that they donated is going to a good cause right a related good cause And if anyone tries to donate now, right, they can just say, we're not taking donations. Like, cut off donations and the GoFundMes or whatever, cut that off, and then go about donating the rest of it. That seems pretty easy to me. I don't know if they're going to do that, right? Who knows? They very well might be scammers and might be buying a private jet and lounging right now while everyone else who just makes regular money is, like, trying to cobble together some bills so that they can pay for food and stuff like that. So who knows? But I'm thinking that might be the case. I'm not an expert, right? I don't know what the rules are about like a nonprofit or a business just donating to causes. I don't know if there's any legal mumbo jumbo that has to be has to be parsed through before that happens. But that seems like a pretty easy solution to me, right? If I have too much money, right? you give it somewhere else, right? If I can't physically spend it, here, you spend it. That that seems okay, but who knows? But yeah, basically, be careful if there's something that seems sketchy, maybe do a little bit of Googling, a little bit of verifying so that you know that the money's going to the right place. But scamming is going to happen. I'm not saying like just now, people are using the situation now to scam. I'm talking about in general, right? Just as like a rule of life. If you're going to give people money or places money, they might fuck around with your money. They might piss it all away. So be careful with that. But I'd still encourage you to donate, look into it, help whatever way you can, especially if you can't be, you know, out there protesting, right? I've decided like for multiple reasons that my best way to help is you know, through the digital cash transactions, right? Through donating, through going to wherever, you know, I can see my money making a difference and helping people out. That's where, when, where I think I'm most helpful, right? In this case. And part of it is also like, and I mentioned this several times, but I don't want to make a meme out of a horrible situation, right? And I see this on Twitter and I'm not one to shame people for posting. I think people get through things. However they get through it and some people need to post, some people need to laugh, some people need to be serious. I'm not going to shame people for posting, and I'm not going to shame people for like finding joy in this time, right? Like joy is necessary just as much as anger is necessary. But with Breonna Taylor and a an rest in peace, Breonna Taylor, Breonna Taylor's murderers have not been caught, right? Or we know who the murderer are, like we know who the cops are, but those people have not faced what people deem to be appropriate justice. And by people, I'm including me. And so on Twitter, people are saying like, arrest the cops who killed Brianna Taylor. And they're sort of making a meme of it, making a trend, and yes, it's spreading awareness, but when you make memes of something, I feel like the general public gets desensitized to it, right? This happened when, what was the tragedy? You see how it works? I I can't even remember the tragedy. There was a certain tragedy. Oh, Flint, let's do Flint and no water. Flint and the clean drinking water. People made a meme out of Flint having clean drinking water, and then it was sort of like, oh, my eyes glaze over now because I just see this as a meme. Even if it's not funny, right? It's still a meme. A meme doesn't necessarily have to be funny. It's just that most of them are. And you're making a meme out of this horrible situation, which gets retweets, right? But I feel like as a meme of the tragedy goes on, the less effective it actually gets. And, And this is my brain, right? This is not anything to anyone else. This is how I think, right? And I don't want to contribute to making memes of this, right? I think that in this format, like in podcast format or YouTube video format, where I can take some time to be honest and true and genuine and just say what I have to say and hopefully, you know, make a difference in in someone or something, right? I think that's easier for me than like tweeting or reposting an Instagram story. And I realize that like a lot of people who like are listening to this, like don't follow me on Instagram. I have posted a couple of things on Instagram. Right. But I feel like just the the sort of meme factory that it can become, I think ultimately reverts to like almost neutrality. Right. And I think it's important to share. Right. It's important to get those resources out there. Right. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying don't share. I'm saying that there's a fine line between sharing and being serious and taking it to this place where people are just in scrolling past it and not really taking any action anymore because it becomes some type of meme. We saw it with Flint and not having clean drinking water. People would just quote tweet. Flint doesn't have clean water. And then it became this sort of running joke. And the arrest, the cops that killed Breonna Taylor is very much not a joke, categorically not a joke, but it's in the same format as a meme or a joke. And then I feel like, oh, I've seen that joke. I've seen that joke. I've seen that joke. I've seen that statement. I've seen that statement. I've seen that statement. And it just goes recycle, recycle, recycle. And if you're not aware of it, or I became aware of it, and if you're not aware of it, I think you can treat it that way. But really, like, this is something that, you know, is serious, not a joke, and requires action, right? So when it comes to like this, right, and I haven't posted a lot, and part of it is because I feel like I'm going fucking insane. But um, for a lot of it is I just don't want to contribute to that. And I want to sort of make a difference in however I can. I think that Spreading information again is key, right? Especially in the age of the internet, in the age of the pandemic, it's going to need to be shared, right? But I think there's a way to share. For me personally, there's a way to share and a way to interact that I think provides the most help that I can do, if that makes sense. All right. And while I'm on this topic, there are people tearing down statues in England and other places. Tearing down, you know, slavery-associated statues, Confederate statues. And I have to say, tear down more statues, right? If the statue is racist, I want to make it very clear, you can tear it down. You can take it down. For all of you that are worried about the history and the culture or whatever, one, we have books for that, right? The history is still there, statue or no statue, There are plenty of people who I've never seen a statue of that I've read about in history books, right? The statues are going to be there. Two, for the bad guys that don't have statues, like to make the most extreme example, Adolf Hitler, that dude, no statues. I still know who he is, right? No statues of that guy because he's a fucking bad guy. So when it comes to tearing down these bad statues, go for it, right? Tear down those slavery-ass, confederate-ass statues, right? We don't need them, right? Take them down. And history, like, if a statue is history, if your logic boils down to your statue is history, then tearing down the statue is also history, right? That is a historic moment, right? You have a statue of Churchill, Winston Churchill, we fuck the statue up, that's a historic moment, right? Or that's part of a historic moment. So if you just like history, right? If your whole angle is, what about the history? It's still history. You're living in history. You should have the biggest history boner out there, right? Living in this historic ass moment. So chill out on the statues, tear them down, you know, Let's get all that racist imagery out of here, right? We don't need racism in this world, right? Racism, would it sucks, right? To put it very simply, racism sucks. That's not a hot take, you know, but we don't need it. Right? We don't need it. We don't need racism. We don't need colorism. We don't need any of that stuff. So get rid of it. Anything that sort of symbolizes that, we can get rid of it. That's my stance on it. If it has to be the average people taking it down, then so be it. So fucking be it. Um, And one last thing before I get into something else. Um, There's been a resurface of the digital blackface um, argument I've seen a little bit on Twitter. Just a little bit, not a whole lot. Um, If you don't know what digital blackface is, it's if you are not black, but you use like black images or you imitate black speech, African American vernacular English or otherwise, if you use like black emojis, things like that. And I have to say a couple of things. One, I think that context is crucial when talking about a digital blackface. I don't think everyone who uses like a reaction image or a gif of a black person is committing the digital blackface. I think that the argument exists for digital blackface. And I do think that digital blackface exists in multiple avenues. I do think that. But I don't think everyone who uses an image of a black person is committing digital blackface. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because there's two things about this argument that I think are actually kind of funny. The first comes from non-black people who mean well, right? And their argument for digital blackface and being against it, it basically boils down to this. I don't use images of black people because they are black. That's basically what you're saying when you, a lot of times when they say, no, I don't use, you know, black images. Why? Because they're black. That's essentially what your argument boils down to. And I know your heart's in the right place, but it sounds kind of ridiculous, right? And sometimes, you know, you start, you're so not racist that you almost teeter on racism. And in this case, I feel like the teetering is a little bit comical. Um, the second comes from the people who push back against digital blackface, right? And their argument is, if I can't use black people as reaction images, I can't use reaction images at all. Like, are you dumb? <laughs> I I don't mean to, like, call people dumb and insult your intelligence, but do you think only black people are immortalized in GIFs or reaction images? You, There's no way you can possibly believe that, right? But that's what their, their argument sort of boils down to, is I can't use black people as images. I might as well not use any images at all, right? If I can't use black people, if your digital blackface people are saying, I can't use black people as a reaction image, then I can't use it at all. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, right? And if you choose not to use reaction images of black people, if you choose not to commit digital blackface, thank you, honestly. Like, I appreciate it, right? But I do think that you can't crucify everyone for using a black person as a reaction image. we got to look at the context here. Um, Okay, moving right along because there's a couple of things I want to talk about. The first being B Simone. Now if you don't know who B. Simone is, B. Simone is an internet personality. I think she started on Vine, rest in peace Vine, moved to Instagram. I don't know if she does TikTok, but I know her main following is on Instagram. That's where she really blew up is Instagram. And she's on Wild N Out on MTV, I'm pretty sure. I haven't watched Walla Out in a long time, but I'm pretty sure she's on there, um, which is run by Nick Cannon. It's like a whose line is it anyway, like sort of rosy black show. Um, if you're if you're not familiar, but when it comes to B. Simone, she's been in the news on Twitter news anyway for a couple of days, maybe even a week. The first is because she is an entrepreneur, and I'm using entrepreneur. Rather loosely here. And she was talking to Nick Cannon on like Zoom or like on some content vehicle. And she was saying that I cannot deal with a nine to five person. I'm an entrepreneur. I need an entrepreneur. And people, I think, rightfully so, sort of clowned her for that. Because if there's one thing I've learned about my time on the internet, right, is that the people who are entrepreneurs are the worst fucking people. They are so fucking annoying. If they're not giving bad advice, they're like being like classists and shaming you. I'm not saying every entrepreneur ever is like that. I'm saying most entrepreneurs on the internet who make their entire personality on the internet about being an entrepreneur are like that, okay? That's what I'm saying. Not everyone, but a whole fucking lot of you. I I saw a video today, it was a TikTok video. And it was how to make money on real estate without using any of your own money, right? And that sounds too good to be true, right? How do you buy real estate with no fucking money? And then it turns out, guess what? You need money. You need about $150,000 to buy a property to renovate that costs another 50K and then rent and then flip and then pay off a mortgage in 30 years. That's what the video was. I'm like, come on, you need money, right? Of course, there's like loans and stuff like that. But loans got to be paid off, baby. Like, you need money. You're full of shit, right? But you, the entrepreneurs that sort of lure you in think that like, this is easy on being an entrepreneur. I know for a fact is not easy. I also know that not everyone is built for it. Um, but it's not easy like this flipping real estate or whatever, like entrepreneur business. And it's always something like scammy, like drop shipping or like selling a course. Like, I'm a fucking nobody. Who wants to buy a course from me online? Hell fucking no. So that's one thing is like they're, they're scammy, bad advice, or misleading advice, or general advice, or advice that requires a whole lot of luck, right? Being an entrepreneur is a whole lot of luck, right? If I sort of take this podcasting thing to a level where this podcast is sort of established and a lot of people listen to it and I'm making money and I'm making other moves, then I become some sort of entrepreneurial type person, right? I become, you know, more of a brand in that way. But if that happens... It definitely has to do with luck, right? I've been doing this podcasting thing for a while. It's been off and on, and I've been working on and figuring it out. And I think it's you know pretty good at this point, right? I've been doing this for a while now, but it's still not like taking off. I'm not like soaring in popularity or whatever, right? I think that I can make good points. I think that I can be funny. I think all that stuff, but it takes a little bit of luck and a little bit of right place at right time to really take off and make money and fame off of this shit, right? And entrepreneurs oftentimes take out the luck. like They don't mention that luck is a a part of it. They also don't mention things like paying taxes. I've never seen an entrepreneur in my life talk about paying taxes, ever. I've never seen any one of these like assholes who read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Talk to me about paying taxes. Paying taxes fucking sucks. And I know that if you're making a legitimate, like government recognized business, I know, unless you're fucking Amazon, you're paying taxes. So what's the deal here? Why don't you give tax advice? Why don't you tell people about making money and then paying taxes on that so you don't go to jail like Wesley Snipes? Like, where is that? I would have more respect for internet entrepreneurs if they they did that like make sure to pay your taxes all that stuff another thing is like they talk down on college in a lot of ways and college is too expensive um i think everyone agrees that college is too expensive but i do think that there is value in like being in that space and learning and being in a new space interacting with people learning new things learning time management, being on your own, there's value in all that. Even if you don't give a shit about the education, which I think you should give a shit about the education if you're in college, but even if you don't give a shit about that part, there's still value as an 18, 19 year old to be in the sort of midpoint environment before like working a career and after living with parents in high school, right? There's that little bit of in between. And I think there's value in that for like develop- development Social experience, stuff like that, especially since we know that human brains don't really develop fully until 25, right? So there's value in still molding that brain in whatever way. But entrepreneurs like B. Simone sort of shit on that whole thing, right? And B. Simone, rightfully so, I think, got roasted for it. She was talking about, I wake up at 3 in the morning because I'm an entrepreneur, which I'm pretty sure you don't have to do. Like I used to wake up at three in the morning when I was in high school because I didn't finish my homework, right? Like waking up at three in the morning is not, you know, the most fantastic thing in the world. But she was doing that and then B. Simone rightfully got roasted, right? And B. Simone's big hustle was this book, right? This sort of B. Simone lifestyle manifestation book. And in this book, There was shitty quality. I've seen videos. I've seen pictures. The book was shitty quality. The paper was shit. The cover would slide off. The binding was shit, right? A whole slew of issues. So then people are making fun of B. Simone again, right? Because she was just bragging about being an entrepreneur and putting time into her craft. And her product was garbage. Apparently, she made like a million dollars off this book, right? But her product is garbage. Then, like a day later, it turns out that B. Simone's book was plagiarized like sort of completely, right? At least from what I've seen, like B. Simone's book heavily, heavily, heavily plagiarized. And now we have lawsuits on our hand. Like it's one thing to buy a shitty book, right? Maybe you return it, maybe you get money back. But at the end of the day, you thought you believed in something and it turned out to be shit. Like, sometimes that happens. But to plagiarize, apparently, B. Simone's book, which is Pinterest pages copied and pasted, like, literally word for word, bar to bar, right? And anyone who's ever taken any source from the internet knows that you can't do that, right? You have to at least cite your sources, at least, you know, make things your own, make your own observations Gather your own conclusions. Make something original of it, right? And B. Simone didn't do that. Now, we have, you know, rightful roasting, rightful lawsuits probably ahead, right? Once people realize that, you know, B. Simone's book is full of stolen work. But then B. Simone apologized. B. Simone said this, I didn't write the book. That's essentially what she said. She said, I don't know how to write a book, so I didn't. I outsourced that to another group of creatives who put the book together for me and then I sold it under my name. That's basically what she said. And she wasn't aware that was plagiarized because she's blaming it on this nameless creative ghostwriting team that that wrote the book for her eventually basically. Like those people are the ones that p- plagiarized. B Simone did not plagiarize. She's taking credit for it. She's cutting off shipping of the book but she didn't do it on purpose right that's sort of what she's saying and a lot of times like these apologies come off kind of bullshit like you're not you're taking the blame but not at the same time like you're saying I accept responsibility but at the same time you're saying like I didn't do it this other person did it right you're saying both of those things at the same time and I think that's what irritates people but the thing would be Simone and some other videos have resurfaced is that either B. Simone is lying now or she was lying when this book was first being rolled out because a clip surfaced of B. Simone saying I only want to give quality right I want to ensure that the book is of the highest quality I don't put out things unless I believe in it that's something that B. Simone herself said in a video like a YouTube video or something So if that's true, then she would have at least reviewed her book, proofread it, before it went out to the public, right? Because apparently this book costs like 30 bucks or something. So you would have at least proofread it, if not written actual original material for it and not had heavy reliance on ghostwriters, right? You would have written something original if that was true, right? If that was true, then you wouldn't be in the situation here. If what you're saying now is true, right, that an outsourced, you know, group of people wrote the book for you, then what you told in the video is a bold-faced lie, right? And this is sort of the deal with entrepreneurs, especially on the internet, is that a lot of times you're getting some rinky-dink deal, right? It's drop shipping. They're massively upmarking prices on really cheap material and then saying, look, this is my own business. I'm doing this e-commerce now. This is my own business. No, you're 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 selling, you know, cheap shit like someone who sells candy at school in high school. Like that's basically what you are. You're a glorified candy salesman. And if that makes you money, if you can live comfortably off that drop shipping, what am I to tell you? Right. I can't tell you shit. I don't do it you do it, you make money, fine. All I'm saying is, I won't do it. If worse comes to worse, right? I'll work at, you know, regular minimum wage McDonald's type job before I drop ship, right? That drop shipping seems like just scummy to me. It seems a little bit scummy of a practice. And I don't want to do it. I'd rather work, you know, with my hands as a fry cook like fucking SpongeBob rather than do do the whole drop shipping thing um but now B. simone who i guess recently became a millionaire you have to wonder if she's gonna be a millionaire still you don't know how many books are being returned and refunds issued you don't know how much these lawsuits is going to cost Whew. excuse me yawned a little bit You don't know how much these lawsuits is going to cost, right? All that stuff, if you just have $1 million, like just one, like that can go away in a snap, right? $1 million in the grand scheme of things is a lot, but also not a lot, right? It's like getting like $1,000, like that's a lot in like a short time, but it's not a lot in the grand scheme of things. Like when you have like the Bezoses and the Gates and the oil tycoons of the world, one billion, I'm sorry, one million is, is pennies to like those guys, right? And that can go away real quick. And part of it, right, is because she was talking shit about nine to five workers, right? She was talking shit about the regular people and people didn't want that. She was saying, I cannot date a nine to five worker. And one, nine to five doesn't mean you're poor. Like B. Simone sort of insinuated that that's the case, but that's not the case. Two, being normal is cool. I'm going to come out and say it right now. Don't at me. Being normal is cool. Yes, being extraordinary is cool, right? Being like an extraordinary talent, like a LeBron James, a Simone Biles, a Mike Trout, that stuff is cool also. But, you know, making a good, honest living, you know, being good at your job, working hard, you know, going to school, all that stuff is cool too. If you're a regular ass, normal person, that's cool, right? Be normal. Go ahead. Go to work. Go to school. Follow your dreams still, right? If you have, you know, music dreams, entertainment dreams, whatever, follow your dreams. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that right now in your nine to five, in your cubicle or in your room, whatever, with your 3.0 GPA and your moderate salary, and your boss, and you, you following orders, right, you out there, you're cool. I think you're cool. From one regular to another regular, you're cool, okay? Now, I want to talk about two other things before I, before I get out of here. COVID, coronavirus, the Rona, that shit is still happening, and I feel like I'm going crazy because people are reverting back to normalcy, but COVID is still spiking and spiking and spiking and spiking. And people are going back to restaurants, to bars, or like losing the mask. What the fuck are you guys doing? Am I the dumb one? Like, I feel like for me, I'm trying to be safe. I'm trying to stay inside. I'm wearing a mask, a hand sanitizer, the washing your hands, working from home. I'm doing all that stuff, right? And other people just seem to be like, If they're not protesting, they're just like, yeah, let's go to brunch. Let's go to Korean barbecue. Are you fucking insane? Korean barbecue during the middle of a pandemic? Are you kidding me? With like all your friends and just like touching all the meat and like reaching over each other? Are you kidding me? COVID, right? Even if you survive, can have lifelong lung damage. I read, I don't know if there's a shoot. I read that it makes your blood hella thick. Right. Do you want to be walking around with that fucking thick ass blood just having like thrombosis everywhere? No. Right. And the fact that so many people and places and states are like trying to, you know, override the virus, like you're just kind of tired of the virus and the mask. So you're just doing that. Like it makes me feel crazy. <laughs> my friend, I was talking on Twitter about this and my friend was like, yeah, that's gaslighting. And I was like, oh, This is what people feel like about gaslighting. And I was like, oh, yeah, the 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 reopenings is no gaslighting technique. And I feel like I'm going insane. I'm not going to break. I'm not going to bend on this. I need to be as safe as possible. I have family members and friends that I do not want to infect. So I will not infect people that i care about and love i will not right but i feel like i'm going crazy (laughs) and i don't know how to stop the feeling other than be like yes i'm doing the right thing right i see states i see people and i'm like no like i'm like yelling into my computer screen like no what the hell are you doing and they can't hear me right um and related to this is sports now I accepted a pretty long time ago that we're not getting American sports. I figured we're not getting baseball. We're not getting basketball. We're probably not getting football. I accepted this reality a long time ago. Despite that, people are still trying. And I read in England, they're going to have soccer matches with 10,000 people. Are you out of your mind, fucking Boris Johnson? Like, what the hell are you guys doing over there? Is the virus gone over there? Because the last time I checked, you are not New Zealand. New Zealand is in Korea. Those are the cool places. The rest of us, come on. There's still stuff to do, right? And sports with no fans, I've been watching some Korean baseball. I'm okay with it, right? I'm okay with sports with no fans as long as you do it safely. The problem is, is that I'm not sure if there's such thing as safely in America right now, right? A couple of baseball players, a couple of basketball players, even football players, I saw Ezekiel Elliott, have tested positive for this thing. Baseball and basketball cannot get themselves figured out, right? There's a whole bunch of disagreements. I know basketball, they were trying to play the NBA in Orlando and like Disney World. And then Florida and Disney World, Orlando, started spiking cases. And the NBA is still like, oh, yeah, the show must go on. Hello? No. And then people like Kyrie Irving and some others are standing against that. And I don't think it's like a win win situation. It's more like a lose lose. Either you get made fun of for not wanting to play basketball, or you get chastised for playing basketball over health and above social causes, right? That's basically what's going on here. I don't see basketball coming out of this cleanly, but they're in better shape than baseball. I do think that eventually basketball is just going to be like, yo, cancel the season. Milwaukee Bucks and Lakers are champions, move on, right? I feel like that might happen. Baseball, on the other hand, they can't get their contracts right. There's a whole bunch of disputes, and as a baseball fan, like baseball is my favorite sport, absolutely devastating that they can't at least come to a deal, right? Even if I don't think that baseball will be played in its entirety, I think that if we get American sports back, like mainstream American sports, that they'll eventually have to cancel because the virus will just spread, right? But I would have liked to see them come to an agreement, right? Say, if if we can do this safely, this is what we do. Both sides agree. That's fine, right? I'm not going to get into all the complexities. I'm not an agent. I'm not an expert at contracts or legalese or anything like that. But I would like to see them like agree and have the players and the owners be nice to each other a little bit. And baseball fans say things like Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, doesn't like baseball, right? Because he doesn't do things that people deem, like, good or healthy for growing the game. And I've always sort of been, like, on the fence about that because I'm not in his shoes. But now I'm like, does this dude like baseball? Do these owners like baseball or do they just like money, right? Do they just want money and analytics, right? And if that's the case, if they just want money, then... They're ruining the thing that makes them money because they're not going to play any games, right? Because they can't go and make come to an agreement. And the players are like, we want to play just safely. And some people, I know Blake Snell, were like, I'm not going to risk my life without at least proper pay or whatever, right? Those people need to get their contracts settled before anything happens. Because right now it's like looking like a black spot on baseball and they'll need like some big thing to come back because baseball could have came back, right? We could be playing American baseball right now and been like the main sport on TV and people would be okay with it mostly. But now I don't know, right? I don't know if we're getting baseball or not. And it sucks as a baseball fan. Thankfully there's KBO. But KBO comes on at the fuck of night and it's hard to stay up that late. You can record it and all that, but it's hard to stay up that late. So KBO is there for me. My NC Dinos are in first place. They're there for me, right? But Major League Baseball might not be coming back till 2021. I think the NBA might not be coming back. I'm having doubts about the NFL, honestly and truly. I feel like, again, you'll play a couple games. Someone tests positive. You're going to have to shut the whole league down. Because once someone catches the virus, it's too late, right? if you get test positive for the virus, you've had it for at least a day or so. Right. At least like most likely, like closer to a week. So it's already too late once you test positive. So I really don't think we're getting full, proper sports. I'll lean in on the KBO, but it's not looking good. Right. And I think that once people, more people recognize that It'll be a lot easier for all of us. But the leagues, the major leagues are not recognizing that because there's money to be made. They're not trying to just piss away a season. I get that. I get money being fucked up and you need to open in some capacity, not just for sports, but for other businesses. But I just don't think it's going to happen. I think you're just going to have to bite the bullet, come back next year stronger than ever. I think that's what's going to happen. And speaking of stronger than ever. I hope that we come out of this stronger than, than ever. I hope that we as a society come stronger, more unified than ever. And I'm going to end it here um, because, again, I need to save my voice during this COVID times. I need to save my voice um, for my job where I yell at a computer screen for six hours or more a day. Um, So I'm going to end it here. Thank you for watching, listening, paying attention. Remember, Black Lives Matter always. All Black Lives Matter of whatever gender, ethnicity, sexuality, skin color, all black lives matter. I'm going to go out now. Thank you again. Love you. Appreciate you. Please be safe. Goodbye.